Creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. November 18th, 2016, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Videoblocks. Videoblocks is an affordable, subscription-based stock media site that gives you unlimited access to premium stock footage, like video footage. They also have a sister site, Audioblocks, that offers unlimited access to premium stock audio sounds. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's cool about uh, uh, the service, th- this service, is like literally anyone can like produce stuff at the quality of a real like big agency because they have a whole catalog of professional footage and audio. It's disruptive. Yeah. Videoblocks allows unlimited daily downloads from a library of 115,000 plus royalty free video clips, After Effects templates, motion backgrounds, and more. Uh, Audioblocks' audio library has 130,000 plus clips of music tracks, sound effects, and loops. On average, subscribers pay less than a dollar per download over the course of a year. Videoblocks is offering relevant podcast listeners a year subscription to both Videoblocks and Audioblocks for only $149 total. That's 100 bucks off the usual price tag for our listeners only. It's an incredible discounted deal to get both stock and hmm. video audio files for any project you may be working on or have planned in the future. That's wow. really actually a pretty neat idea. Pretty great, right? Yeah. It's like stock Yeah, photos, I mean, if you're like, like, like a media person at a church or like I said, you just want to do some freelance stuff and do ads or agency type of stuff, this is a huge value uh, for what Or you just offering. need some like, you need like good aerial footage of something mm-hmm. just for it's a personal mountains. project. It's way cheaper than some, purchasing an aerial drone for yourself. Some slow me. motion, yeah. some nature shot. Especially if you crash the, 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 the drone the first time out and never <laughs> see the drone or the camera or the footage again. Just go with video box. Just trust me on this one. <laughs> you, you can get your year subscription today for only $149 at videoblocks.com slash relevant. That's video blocks. V-I-D-E-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash relevant. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffold. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Right? Yeah, that's correct. Wow. This is that'll be happening while this show is out. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> this is this is a little foreshadowing. I'm bringing a special Thanksgiving theme slice is today it for everyone. Right, Thanksgiving because our next podcast we next come out week, the day after, the day Thanksgiving. after Thanksgiving. Black Friday. Mm-hmm. It's our special mm-hmm. Black Friday edition that we put out very very early in the morning for the people in line at Best oh, Buy. Oh, I love wow. this special yeah. edition. Yeah. Yeah, we, we record in the middle of the night. Don't you remember? <laughs> midnight. And we record at midnight in a Walmart parking lot. It's pretty special. Well, we, we, remote, we have a re- truck, a remote truck. We go live. Mm. We're usually in a Walmart parking lot. This one's just at we're, midnight. We're surrounded by discounted flat screen TVs, and we you know we record all night. Just do this thing, you know? Okay, uh, over there, joining us for the whole show in studio today, Chelsea Steele. Good morning, everybody. Uh, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. <laughs> hello. So you wake up this morning, Chandler, and you think to yourself, I'm going to get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you look through your closet? And does the red flannel come first? No, I looked at my dryer, and that was the first thing okay. I saw. <laughs> okay. But the question, the question I think he's going to build to yeah. is the, mm-hmm. the black uh, mugger's scully on your head. Uh-huh. Uh, were you, were it's a you, whole new look for you were today. You, were you robbing it, something last night and just ran it's late? It's more fall, you know? 
It's a little more fall again. In the, the spirit of Thanksgiving. I, I, the two questions I had when I saw Chandler this morning <laughs> is either um, he has a second job as a paper towel guy. Oh, <laughs> that's it. It's the paper towel guy. It's, it's the brawny guy. No, no, no. It's the brawny guy's evil twin because he has the scully. Right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And what was the second option? Yeah. Freelance lumberjacking. Yeah. Here's, yeah. Chandler, here's the thing, man. I actually have that exact shirt. I think I know where you bought it. I, I'm pretty sure it's the one that I have uh, and I've worn it a couple times and I no longer wear it because I get nothing but comments about my lumberjack attire yeah. the whole time. I've never been as bold to wear a black Steve Zissou hat with it though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta figure out, I think I want to get into some sort of like winter uniform and yeah. I'm thinking about flannels every day because they're perfect. Roll up the sleeves when yeah. it gets a little warm yeah. during mm-hmm. the day. Yeah. Roll down the sleeves for you know. Well, last week, uh, the day after the election I ended up wearing a red flannel because mm-hmm. I'm going to clean up this mess. I look like the brawny guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I was wearing blue jeans and a red flannel. I didn't have the scully. Let, I think yeah. I got it. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Cameron. Did you have the sleeves rolled up like you were here, here to get to work in America? Absolutely. I had like <laughs> I had like a, a sledgehammer over my shoulder yeah. and I was ready to go. I always roll my sleeves up because, you know, I have my little arm tattoo and I like people to know like, hey, that guy, he's not what you think. He's, yeah, he's like he has business a in the front, party in the back sort of a thing. <laughs> I don't I don't know about that, but I understand. <laughs> but you know, like, you look at Sorbonne and then like, oh wait, I see oh, a little tattoo peeking oh, out. It. And I'm already ready for my next pair of glasses. I got a whole oh, new. I say your next tattoo. 2017. <laughs> oh, I knew my next tattoo as well. Really? Yeah. You're gonna get a new tattoo and new glasses in 2017. Can I a whole new me? Can I guess what your tattoo is? <laughs> I to- told you on this show before, and then I got it's, embarrassed. It's a red flannel shirt. <laughs> it is the tattoo. But it's a full body one red flannel shirt, so that even in the Almost. summer when I'm wearing a bathing suit, I still have my red flannel on. So it's like it's body an incredibly modest, hairy red modest. flannel shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Say what you will about Chandler's flannel shirt. I posted a picture of him on the. Insta stories that I do and I put a wreath of hearts around his face and I wrote he's single ladies and one girl DM'd us back with a bunch of eyes hey. and a bunch of hearts and said who was it yay can you say her no. name no way <laughs> if yeah. that's how you meet somebody <laughs> you're welcome mom and dad yeah. are gonna thank me forever I, I actually gotta say though like if that's not how you meet somebody we're out of options there could always be more people exposed to this guy yeah like, that's true yeah. You'll never, unless you all of a sudden are just on like a huge network TV show. Yeah. Like at this point, we're doing all we can. Your mom yeah, asked us to have you on the show. This right now. Yeah, the ball's ahead. in your court, dude. <laughs> we have we have eyeballs and hearts ready to yeah. go right yeah. there. Oh, Chalissa was a mess. Yeah. The uh, We gave everybody your phone <laughs> not number. Her. Not her. Not the. Not, no, she's, no, she's yeah. fantastic. No, you're saying the situation was Chalissa a mess. Gate was so a mess. We, you know what we found out for Chalissa listeners who Gate. don't know what we're talking about. There was a, a fine young lady who was here on staff. Uh, six months ago. You mean like a like a upstanding young lady? A fine human being. You know, you're saying a fine relational prospect for a chance. Yeah. She was a, a nice, a nice lady. Person. And uh, and uh, and we found out on the show six right. months ago that uh, a a a date had happened. Hello. Between our illustrious producer oh, and wow. said young lady, and yes, it became yes. a thing. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I will give an update to that uh, story to the listeners who, who were in, in that with us. Yeah. Um, we found out uh, after the fact that Chalissa, as we named the couple, 
yeah. was already over by the time That's the true. podcast had happened. That is oh, 100% yeah. true. So you guys oh, were just no. smiling and <laughs> nodding and waiting for it to it be over, but it had already, already ended. Already ended. It had already been fully realized and destroyed. That was why wow. I was so uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, one thing I haven't You could have just texted me during the show and been like, hey, it already <laughs> didn't work out and I would have just pivoted to manatees if or I something. I said that, I felt like you probably would have gone gotten gotten worse. even worse. No. Solid point. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually, I totally You're not wrong. <laughs> That's yeah. why I just played along and did the cheese it thing, and you know. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, Chelsea's sitting over there with eyeballs and hearts, ready to go. Yeah. So so so, so that so let me get this straight. And you're like, if you had like a Christian mingle profile. Yeah. No, he would be on FarmersOnly.com today. <laughs> Good, Good one. one. <laughs> Good one. That was that was a nice. So joke. based on is like to say today was your profile picture, Chandler, and right. your interest would be like uh, um, falling trees. Right. It would be uh, absorbent materials. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bandits. <laughs> Banditry. 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 Because that makes it sound, it's not like he's doing armed robberies here. He's like sneaking into like bank vaults in the middle of the night. In that game. <laughs> like, like tiptoeing over laser yeah. beams. And yeah, stuff. exactly. He's going Catherine Zeta Jones to steal like a diamond yeah. for his date, maybe. <laughs> it's a heist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh my goodness. Welcome to the show, Chelsea. This Thank is what you. the show is like. Once you're past, this is the heart of it. Once you're past your honeymoon <laughs> period of like one or two shows to get acclimated, mm-hmm. this is, the, this is where making, we settle in. Well, Eddie has already made comments on my outfits in the past, i.e. the infamous camo shirt. So oh, that's right. oh, yeah, that's <laughs> I feel right. like we've I've been well the, introduced. The floating head day. Yes. But yeah. I, of course, I come from a huge place of insecurity because when <laughs> I try to change up my outfit, it's still just a pair of jeans and a button-down shirt. Like, <laughs> like, but it's a jazzy button-down. Yeah. Even when I'm trying to get fancy like, a like pearl my, snap no like, it'll be like a light pink jazzy button down or yeah something. but it's always going to be that and so when people take fashion <laughs> risks i lash out because of my own pain <laughs> eddie let me can i ask you something yeah. what's the boldest what's the boldest thing you've worn mm. in the last month the boldest thing i've worn well, that, the boldest. that leopard bodysuit that you yeah i mean other the than that, the other debatable yeah. well, the boldest <laughs> thing i've worn i, I mean i can't yeah. even fathom what that would be I, well, I mean, do, you can, have a, do you own like a, a cool leather jacket or something? No, we talked about that. I didn't want to look like Tony Soprano. <laughs> no, no. Here, Eddie, I got it. Hey, dude, I got it. I think I may have mentioned this before and I'm going to bring uh, it back up because I think I think you need like a signature piece, like something that's all your own that like when people see that item, they know it's it's, it's pure Eddie mm. and that is a big leather duster. Yeah, we have like a floor length yeah, leather I, Morpheus you, you duster. You do need a distinguishing uh, apparel item because the other the other night I was at the Magic Magic game with uh, John David, our who heads up our creative here. Yeah, and uh, a podcast listener was there and, yeah. and reached out via Instagram, said, "Hey, we're at the game. We'd love to say hi." And yeah. so they came over and to, to you and to you and Eddie. To, and 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 they walk up and they go, <laughs> "Cameron, Eddie." Yeah. <laughs> so you've got to distinguish yourself because you and JD are a little too close but right now. I got to tell you though, if I had to have anybody representing me in the world, yeah. I'd pick JD. Yeah. yeah, he's great. Like I'm happy to just stay alone in my house and let JD do this. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Yeah. So oh I guess God. my distinguishing thing is JD. So you like, have your clone or your your surrogate. He'll do a great PR job. Yeah. He was on the show for a while. He's really kind. I love that guy. Yeah, he's the so, best. So yeah, that's my. That's thing. why I take him to Magic Games. That's my thing. JD. <laughs> JD's the new me. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
even and, when you invite me to a magic it, game, JD's still going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. It'll be JD. I'll totally beat your... F- Eddie, can I can I give you two more suggestions? Because I feel like a duster in Florida, I mean, it probably hot. isn't the most practical. Yeah. Too hot. Not too that hot. Too hot. But I, I have two that are cheaper because to get yourself quality duster, trust me on this one, you're, you're looking low four figures. Okay? Yeah. Wow. Um, the kind I, I'm envisioning. Well, the kind uh, that's like Colorado <laughs> worthy. I mean, you, you're yes. right in the range. You know. That you could actually do ranching yeah. Yeah, right. You know, that you it would like if you didn't have a sleeping bag, you could just roll under a cactus yeah, yeah. and you'd you're be not totally going to get it night. at Kohl's. You're not going to get it at Wilson's <laughs> Leather Goods. You're going to go uh, and get I, a real like cowboy duster. I'll tell you, yeah. I, I think I know what my but, thing is, but Jesse, you finish and then I'll tell you what I think. OK, so here's uh, here. Here are three options but, that I feel like are all viable. Before you do okay. this, this is the moment when new listeners are like, what? What is this show about? It's about this. <laughs> OK, just be present in the moment. And don't okay, try I'll to be quick it. with these. OK, bandana of any flag in the world. Like, <laughs> no. obviously, you'd probably go American, <laughs> like prison. Mike. Gonna, like I, prison. Mike. I, I, I could see I that. Go Ethiopia. <laughs> I'm but but like, if you were like prison Mike, where you're like business attire with then a bandana. <laughs> All right. There's no, yeah, bad but idea. you can't switch no. up the flag. Like once you lock in you on the flag, to it. you got you're all about that Ethiopian bandana. <laughs> oh yeah. Right? That's easy. No bad ideas. Okay. No bad ideas. Okay. The other one, uh, this one is some sort of neckerchief or an ascot. Because it has an air or class. I hate the both of those words yeah. so much. <laughs> a neckerchief or an ascot. The third. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's talk about this practical application. Uh, yeah. You could still wear the jeans and the button down. Right. You just class it up with a little ascot poking yeah. out the top. Uh, a little, a little like ascot. so. It's casual. It dresses up a casual day. I gotta say, I can't do ascot because of Eric Metaxas. He already kind of owns in his corner that market, yeah. and I think I. That's a lane Just of one. Not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, neckerchief I could get into. I wore one for many years, of course, with my Boy Scout uniform. So it's <laughs> oh. not an unfamiliar. Oh, that's a neckerchief. So it's like a bandana that you tie around right. your neck. Okay. The third option, and this one, this one is going to be a little edgy. Okay. This one because I you're edgy, it. Eddie, and this one is definitely the <laughs> most a, memorable. Not a stitch because of pants. People might think you just wore <laughs> no an pants. ascot that night. <laughs> no, no. Or they like, might like, have just thought that for style? some. Yeah, just a long <laughs> button-down shirt from the big and tall that's like goes a little long uh-huh. and then just a little. And then, I've par- seen it, but and you got to wear the yoga leggings underneath it, like the like the ladies. <laughs> oh yeah, those would be called. If you have a shirt like that, I actually heard that's called a tunic. Oh, yes. it is. Yeah, a tunic yeah. or muumu. Yeah, girls are wearing a long shirt called a tunic. Yeah, and then the, well, in the Middle East they wear them as well. Yeah, but the men would still wear pants under their tunic. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. 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 But you would go. Uh, with, I would you not. would go Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, I would not. Yeah. Eddie, this is the exact opposite direction than Winnie the Pooh or Daniel Tiger. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Or Daffy Duck or who, or other pantless cartoons. Pretty Famous. much every cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is going to send a bold message, and that message is: I'm a guy with an eye patch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. I like that yeah. idea. Um, People would not mistake JD for you because they, JD doesn't wear an eye patch. That's no. something you can see a mile away. No, totally. It's really interesting how JD and I get mistaken for each other, and I like it. Yeah, I'm like happy to be. I'm happy to be associated with him. Yeah, He's a good man. Good. Yeah. I actually will tell you, I um black I black thought on uh, from the roots yeah. was wearing a cool hat and a picture on Twitter. Yeah, and I said, hey look at me. You think I got a pretty big head. You think I could get away with that? Yeah. And he replied and he's like, actually with a, with a head and body your size, you could totally wear this hat. <laughs> Hold on. So black thought wrote me back. Uh huh. That's incredible. It was like my number one Tariq? favorite. 
He yeah. wrote you back? Yeah, and he, he took a look at my profile picture and said, actually, I think you could totally wear wow. this with your head size and body size. I got like wow. fashion advice from one of the most fashionable people I've ever seen. I feel like you have to do it now. Yeah. Right? His hat, though, is, the, it, so, is, is that hat that he was wearing, though, was not far off from my mortgage payment, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah. I, at some point, I have to figure out the Walmart version of his hat. There, but, see, but see, a quality hat, <laughs> right, that's the difference. I mean, like, yeah, you, you can't do a cheap hat and it look right. Yeah, I saved the tweet somewhere, and it's, yeah. yeah. But, and then if anybody ever asks you, like, oh, n- nice uh, hat selection, be like, yeah, Black Dot. But that's the thing. If he, did th- if he tells me I can wear this and I got that hat, yeah. it would be like, Okay, I'm, I don't even care what anybody says. That's true. I mean, that's the thing about Cohen and his glasses. Once right. Pharrell told him, like he loved his glasses, you're Cohen fine. hasn't taken them off. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, I mean, he's like these. Will, he will die in these glasses one day. <laughs> yeah, I hope the coolest someday, man in the world. Validated. I, I hope someday to have a job though where I just wear the same thing every day. You're so, like a police officer, priest, mechanic, <laughs> police officer, something <laughs> where I'm walking out, sort of nurse. Diver. nurse. Uh, so I wanted to bring this up, um, and I guess now's the only time, and it's sort of a transition with the roots uh, because. Uh, uh, like a week and a half ago, uh, David Blaine stopped by the <laughs> Tonight Show and literally blew the minds of the Roots, promoting his uh, TV special, which aired this past week on ABC. Did you guys watch the David Blaine special? I did, I and DVR'd it. I uh, have not gotten to see it yet, but I've seen everything he's ever you done. Can, except you can for that. come over and watch it. We can have a little David Blaine party. <laughs> I will be there tonight. I'll watch it again. It'll be JD. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have two observations that I wanted to throw out there. Uh, well, one is just, uh, uh, you know, it's come to the point where he's literally figured out how to do any conceivable trick with a deck of cards. Now he's gotten to the point where he's regurgitating live animals. Like his magic is such next level. There is nothing left to do with coins or cards. Like it has come to the point where live animals are appearing in his body. The second point <laughs> is David Blaine gets invited to some really, really cool parties. Yeah, th- seriously, that, Drake was I, there. I always wonder how that works. That really, <laughs> it was like it was like Dave Chappelle. The day, that was backstage at a show or something because it was Chappelle and and Drake and um, it was Steph a, it, Curry. Yeah, yeah, Steph, Steph Curry. Curry was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Jimmy had to Butler. Been, that was probably like backstage at like a Kanye Madison Square Garden thing or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was Just very a casual. Cool. Invite. Can I? Can I it say looked some, like it was in a hallway. I got to say something about it though. All the tricks that he had done were from his. I had seen them on his last show. Really, on the old special, I've seen him like he did. His whole last special was about like he traveled to the middle of Africa and found this guy that could yeah. swallow water. And it's like I knew when he was saying, I knew he was going to spit up a frog. Yeah. It wasn't a new thing. I'm not saying it's not incredibly impressive. I was just surprised because usually all of his new stuff is like I've. I can't even believe a person could ever figure this out. And he was just he like doing it again. It. On, right. on the special, he escalates it like what he did on Fallon. Right, he uh, he does yeah. that, but he escalates it. Okay, Jesse, does that hurt your feelings? Because I know you're pretty sensitive about. No, David no. I mean, <laughs> I hear your criticism, and I ask you this: Did he do it with his lips literally sewn shut so before? Shut. If not, that's then, what I'm saying. Then. <gasps> he he. You watch him sew his mouth shut with Neil. Oh no, Red, no! Don't even say it anymore. It, oh, don't say anymore. That's then so gross. Several come out. Wow. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but but the card tricks okay, were mind numbing better. to me. Like to me, like the <laughs> that's like crazy. him doing uh-huh. those card tricks over Skype. I like I like yeah. there's just things that like the thing. I, it's just mind blowing. Uh, at the very end of the show, I'll say this: This is how much I love you, Jesse. At the very end of the show, 
He said he was, uh, they, the voiceover guy said, you know, he was working on this thing, which he would then, like this, uh, sh- shooting himself in the face, catching a mm-hmm, bullet in his mouth, mm-hmm. like live, Oof. no trick, like catching yeah. a bullet in his mouth. And so the sh- special was leading up to this reveal. And it said, he's going to not just do it this one time, he's going to take this trick on an upcoming world tour. I get my <laughs> laptop out. David Blaine World Tour. Look for tickets because Jesse and I are going to fly oh, there and go see it. Oh, yeah. heck, yes, we are. Yeah. Is he stopping and I'm through I'm going to be prayed up. I'm going to be prayed up, and I'm going to know what's happening. Prayed right. up. <laughs> I, I need a volunteer. The gentleman with the eye patch and the ass down. <laughs> Come to the stage and shoot me in the face, and I'll catch them. Oh gosh. And JD would walk up there. Yeah, he would go. Uh, well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, Young the Giant joins us uh, uh, Aaron our editorial director is his favorite band he said and I'm not kidding he's uh, Young the Giant is in the new issue of Relevant the first draft of that article that I read said Young the Giant is the most important band of 2016 that's oh. what it said oh. we had a discussion about such a claim <laughs> and, and, and the lack of journalistic you know yeah. uh, you know, a distance that that might have. So that that phrase does not appear yeah, in uh, it, it the is magazine. An important band, but um, <laughs> but but you can tell the sort of affection that certain members of our editorial team might have for this group. Yeah. They are coming up later. Young the Giant smells like a pine forest, exactly like I had hoped. They were perfect. <laughs> they were so sweet. <laughs> the article is basically Aaron's dream journal about Young the Giant. Is that what you're saying? Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Also coming up later, we talked to author and pastor and kind of Christian thought leader, Brian McLaren. He's on the show today. Uh, fascinating conversation. Yeah, like him. a new book out, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, that's He's, cool. Brian's a little controversial in some streams. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I was understating. Uh, he is a controversial, <laughs> but the conversation we have is no matter what you, uh, where you come from on the spectrum, uh, it's this is a conversation worth listening to. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That, that's that's the thing. Like it, it, it doesn't like make you totally have to agree with everything he says to to see the validity of you know, some of the points he's making. It's a, it, he, everything he is incapable of doing a boring interview. And this one was particularly fun. The, I think. the, one of the things that I take great joy in is building bridges, kind of connecting streams that are disconnected. And I love when, uh, somebody gets, um, typecast by, you know, others, uh, you know, we're all believers. We all interpret scripture different ways and we all agree in certain things and disagree on certain things. And I think it's kind of foolish when, one part of the church world will just completely write off somebody from a different part of the church world because they might have some questions or ideas that aren't in alignment with their own theology. Right. Mm -hmm. I love building bridges of like, well, let's, let's talk to so-and-so who you've written off about maybe ideas that, huh, you don't disagree with and maybe challenge your thought and you wouldn't have listened to them otherwise, but you might listen to them because, we we're talking to them. You know what I mean? I yeah. love doing that because it builds like little threads of yeah. unity. Mm-hmm. And like maybe we can disagree agree to disagree on certain things, but we can agree that we actually right. do agree on this. And now I don't totally write you off anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why we love talking to leaders from all the different streams. And um, yeah, like when we found out together that Rob Bell, in fact, wasn't the devil. Right. And he was actually uh, a really thoughtful, kind guy. He's actually using uh, illusions for his tricks. And it's <laughs> not, not yeah, he's, powers as I had presumed. <laughs> yeah, he's actually doing magic and it's some dark art stuff. <laughs> Moving the show along, it's time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. This week's In Case You Missed It is way better than last week's. Yeah. 
like, okay, let's just talk about some music and stuff. Um, well, actually, uh, speaking <laughs> of the election, though, our first item. I like that. Our first item actually is well, after the election uh, happened on Tuesday and everybody's processing on Wednesday, and that's when we recorded the show. Yeah, we're having like 2016 fatigue. Thursday night, I'm home <laughs> trying to detox. I'm watching some basketball Thursday night. Yeah. I'm watching the NBA on TNT. Yeah. And lo and behold, they start the studio show off. Studio show is Ernie Johnson, Charles Barkley, oh, yeah. Shaq, yeah, and Kenny yeah. the Jet Smith. And uh, award-winning sports uh, yeah. studio show. And uh, I had heard over the years that Ernie was a believer. Mm-hmm. And um, he's just one of these high-integrity guys. And sure enough, I mean, this is the first show since the election. Mm-hmm. The guys wanted to talk about it. And so they all did. They shared their, their uh, thoughts. And then Ernie Johnson, host of NBA on TNT, said this. When this campaign season started, I, I felt like I'd been dealt a bad hand. Um, had these couple of choices. And there were trust issues with Hillary Clinton I couldn't get past. And there was this inflammatory rhetoric from Donald Trump, which to me was incomprehensible and indefensible. I couldn't vote for either one. For the first time in going to the polls for 42 years, I hit the write-in button. And I voted for John Kasich. And I left knowing that John Kasich wasn't going to win. But I left with a clear conscience because I hadn't settled. Number two, I'm hopeful. I watched the video today at CNN on what was going on at the White House with Donald Trump, President Obama. I was hopeful and I was encouraged that there will be a difference between the President Trump and the campaigning Trump. And I'm with these guys. We have to give them a chance. But here's the deal. I just hope that he's all in, in, uh, in fixing the wounds in this country and the divides that separate this country. And I want to be part of that, too. And for me to be part of it, I have to look in the mirror and I have to say, how am I going to be a better man? How am I going to be a better neighbor? How am I going to be a better citizen? How am I going to be a better American? How can I be a fountain and not a drain? And number three, I know you're not supposed to talk about politics and religion, but we're already talking about politics. And so I'm going to go the R direction, too. I never know from one election to the next who's going to be in the Oval Office. But I always know who's on the throne. And I'm on this earth because God created me. And that's who I answer to. I'm a Christian. I follow this guy named Jesus. You might have heard of him. And the greatest commandment he gave me was to love others. And scripture also tells us to pray for our leaders. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for Donald Trump. I'm going to pray for all those people right now who feel like they're on the outside looking in. Who are afraid at this point. Pray for them too. In short, I'm praying for America, and I'm praying that one day we're going to look back and we're going to say, you know what, that Donald Trump presidency, that was all right, but I'm praying. This week, a couple of people were texting me, like, wanting my thoughts. I was just sending them that clip. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, to see to see that powerful of a testimony, I, lo- I mean, I was just, like, really proud of Ernie. Yeah. Taking, he was really bold, talking it, about his faith and everything <laughs> vulnerably. I don't mean um, to be crass, but would it kill him to like drop a prayer for the magic? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a chance, hey, but not not to derail because I do I do I'm with you, Cameron. Like I think it was articulate and a bold um, bold to say those things on that platform because it's typically not the most political uh, of platforms. But Eddie, speaking of bold wardrobe signature pieces. Yeah. Ernie was rocking the bow tie. Yeah. And when you that see guy's... a cool bow tie on cable at late night, you know, it's Ernie Johnson. I mean, he, he figured it out. 
Well, I think that's why that show, if you don't like basketball, you probably won't watch it. But even if, you know, if you're like on the fence about basketball, it's an entertaining show, not just because of the big personalities of like Shaq and Charles Barkley and stuff, but I love it as a basketball guy because they really have great analysis and Mm -hmm. like they really help Mm -hmm. you understand the game at a deeper level. But then you bring in Ernie, who isn't like a drink the Kool-Aid sports guy. He's smart and he knows Mm -hmm. his, he knows it, but like. He has this bigger life that he leads. And yeah. so like he elevates the show and then the guys like make the show hilarious and they have all the dynamics that it's about basketball, but it's so much more than that. And like, it's yeah. really <laughs> like, I mean, they would be talking about fashion choices and stuff. I mean, it's basically the relevant podcast of sports shows is what I'm talking I, about. I could watch Charles Barkley do anything like <laughs> yeah, that guy to sure. me is like when he was on, what was he on Bill Simmons a couple weeks ago? Oh man, he's just a crazy man. I was like, downtown. Do you remember <laughs> he used to play basketball? Uh, Bill Simmons? No, Charles Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> and he, back in the 90s, they were playing the Magic. Yeah. And um, near our arena downtown is an area called Church Street Station. And back then, it was a bunch of raucous kind of bars and stuff. Yeah. And it was like old timey saloons and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And there was a club called Phineas Fogg. And I was out on the street. This was maybe 1130 at night on a, after the game, mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe it's midnight. I was out on the street because it's kind of a pedestrian street and stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, a man is thrown through a plate glass window. What? That big, large, Phineas, like um, you would know the building. This huge plate glass window, a man is thrown through it. Charles Barkley threw him through it. <laughs> Are you yeah. serious? They got into a fight and he got arrested. Wow. And like, it was a wow. whole thing. Like he was suspended <laughs> from the NBA and stuff. And uh, I was 50 feet away. I saw the man awesome. get thrown through the window. <laughs> wow. Charles Barkley. He's yeah. so used to attacking the glass. I mean, it just, you know, <laughs> he's the round mountain rebound guys. He's, he's, he's playing on the block. Okay. <laughs> but but why Ernie, would you, ask Ernie what that means. Why would you get in a fight with a man that large? If you're just like a normal sized human, that's just crazy. Bill. Yeah. He will throw you through a window. And he literally did. Can I just say this, though? I've always wanted to be in a saloon fight. That ends with me getting kicked through the glass window. Like it starts with me and a guy, and maybe we're arguing over what tune is being played on the old timey piano. Right. And you know, we kind of have a little back and forth. Right. And then he slides me all the way down the bar on my belly, and I'm like waving my hands like I'm swimming, going whoa. <laughs> then like he thinks I'm done, and I like crawl to the upstairs balcony, yeah, right? And right. he's bragging to his yeah. friends who are now yeah, by the old timey piano. Back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grab the chandelier, yeah. swing down, and and double kick him out through the window. Done. That's it. Done. Uh, there's Done. a there's a, a land called Westworld where you can sign up and go <laughs> oh, yeah. there and do that exact thing. I just want to get in an old timey saloon fight. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then then he dust, the guy dusts himself off after that. After he's outside, like dusting the glass off, he looks at me, tips his hat, and then he just walks out into the night. Like you won this round, <laughs> sir. That's how those saloon fights typically end. Uh, this week, in case you missed it, Bono challenged Donald Trump to take up gender equality uh, issues. Uh, the the U two frontman and activist was honored at an event held by Glamour magazine for his work with the One campaign. His organization recently launched an initiative called Poverty is Sexist, which seeks to eliminate gender discrimination and sexism. So while accepting his Man of the Year award, this is what he said: "I say to the president elect." Look across to women. Make equality a priority. It is the only way forward. As my daughter Jordan says, there is nowhere on earth where women have the same opportunities as men. Unless we address this problem, both men and women together, the world will continue down this misogynistic, violent, and impoverished path. The train is leaving the station. Be on it or be under it. It's powerful. Wow. Go Bono, go. Go Bono, man. Go Bono. Yeah. I wish they would make good music again because we need his voice like... 
like on the microphone for popular culture. But when they don't make yeah. good music, nobody pays attention to Bono anymore. Yeah. I do feel like yeah. there is as a response. I feel like there's going to be well, Tribe Called Quest kind of started it. You're like, okay, we needed Tribe Called Quest back. Oh my goodness! Like we we needed that to exist again in the world. <laughs> I and there's going to be more of that. That is my banger in my car. You've seen the viral video <laughs> of the guy listening to the song for the first time. Yeah, and then he like crawls out of sunroof and he loves it so much. He's yeah. so excited. Yeah, that's me. Every morning on my way into work. Wow. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. But I think Cameron's got four accidents this week. Yeah. <laughs> I keep calling out the sunroof. Yeah. But I think that that kind of artistry will be um, highlighted in the next season of music because there's going to be voices that are going to rise to the top that will speak into the national conversation we're having. I feel like Tribe Called Quest was the beginning, but there will be more. Like I could see, yeah. I could see you too. Having their big comeback album. Doing something that's like, oh, thanks. That's what we needed to hear. Well, we need well, another like Streets with No Name or something they like need that. To, they need to do another Joshua Tree. Yeah, exactly. I think it's imp- I think it's kind of cool that they've moved on. Like no, I no, think I d- that I, other bands can be there. No, I get it. Right. I get it. I think they've moved into a place of like, it's just vanilla right now. Yeah. Like I've because of different friends uh, or different cities I've been in, I've been to their last two tours several times. <laughs> and it's not... I mean, they're great showmen, yeah. mm-hmm. but the music, like when they play, they play their great old yeah. stuff that right. everybody loves. Mm-hmm. And then they'll like play like three or four of the new songs and the place just dies and they can feel it because the new stuff is terrible <laughs> yeah. did, did you, compared did, to. Did, right. They wrote anthems for like a disenfranchised generation. Right. Yeah. Like they were right. the, you know, our, who would be our parents age or like in the middle of Tiananmen Square and Reaganomics and a whole country in its own pile of turmoil. They were that voice. I'm curious who that and, voice and the will be now. In, in Northern Ireland. That's right. And that, I mean, that was his right. home. Who and, will capture but, this era? The Sunday Bloody Sunday and all yes. that. I mean, like Ooh. it was, it was a you know voice of activism. Right. Did Did you guys see their latest concerts? HBO uh, aired it from Paris because I, I did. Yeah. When I watched that, I it reminded me of how great they had the capacity to be. Well, they do that. They those guys come out and are really perfect in those moments because they did the Super Bowl post 9-11. Oh my goodness. Like they're the band you want. Yeah. But I, I just am curious, like who's writing the next song? Because they're the still the kind of the it's like it's oh, so you weren't saying the rock voice you weren't activism. saying that there's a U2 album coming that will tap back into that old vein. It would be a nice if there band. was. But you're saying a new band was probably going to take the have, mantle. I think they have to be younger. And I think it has to be somebody there needs to be like another one. It's either Paul Simon or those guys that show up at every like large tragic but, event to like heal the yeah. heal the wound a little bit. Who's mm-hmm. the new? But who the, is the, that now? Who's our generation? Well, that, that, that's version? the thing, though, man. Like the the way that music has changed and the way that people consume music has changed and diversified to such a degree. The era of those ubiquitous stadium rock bands that everyone knows in a generation is probably yeah. past. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the, there there will still be important voices in culture, but it, I highly, highly doubt it'll be a rock band, especially one that was able to have a global influence like you 2 I mean, the, 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 the last probably big band in the world is someone like Coldplay uh, because they kind of came at the tail end of like when terrestrial radio really made rock and roll artists. Um, And, you know, obviously they don't have the same sort of 
uh, a message or uh, political conviction as you do. So I do think there'll be voices in culture, but I personally doubt it'll be a rock band. Hey, in case you missed it this week, Dave Chappelle hosted SNL and that was magic. We had probably a top three all time SNL moment, that opening monologue. It was was perfect. Now, if you go, if you haven't seen it and you're easily offended, don't take my endorsement as like, well, he said this is it's there are moments that we you can take my endorsement. I think it's important that you listen to it. Even if you're easily offended. Yeah, it was amazing. I've watched it probably 10 times like on my phone. It's amazing. Can I moment of honesty? I didn't understand the Hillary Clinton opening. Yeah, I I tried to like Uh, I I watched it a few times and I like I got that it was important, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out why it was. I think they were trying to actually do a sincere moment that didn't quite land. Honestly, but people yeah. are saying it was like one of the most significant moments in SNL history. No, they're saying the Dave Chappelle monologue yeah. is nobody's. Jeez. I didn't see that. I think everybody kind of said, felt that was a whiff. Like, uh, like maybe, it was like weird. I could not. I, well, I, well, Eddie. I mean, you, you just for context for people who don't yes. know, uh, Kate McKinnon dressed in character as Hillary Clinton, yeah. set at a piano, and covered Leonard Cohen's "Hallelujah," which with not, uh, as not you'll, with you'll hear lyrics. soon, Leonard yeah. Cohen uh, uh, passed away last week, right? Um, and that was his, you know, most memorable song. So, for context, that's the moment that you were, they were just were trying to tie about. together two moments of her having remorse and. Pain and then hit that song being so pivotal yeah. and and passing I, away. I just didn't feel smart enough. Like I was like, I don't get this. But it, it was it, it was just kind of maybe it wasn't. To me, it was like one of those things that I get the I I could see the writers' room. I could see everybody being super excited. I could see them even like yeah. rehearsing it and and the idea coming together perfectly. And I just felt like they were teeing up. They were trying too hard to create a moment that didn't have the gravitas that I they were hoping was swept it would. away by the moment really <laughs> yeah. did you understand it <laughs> yeah I think well yeah we wrote about both of them here at relevant and so I think having posted both of the articles about the election and then about Leonard Cohen's passing I think I understood the like grieving of both of those things and knowing how big of a Hillary Clinton supporter Kate McKinnon was yeah I kind of felt it was like her moment of mourning something she really believed uh. in as well as America and the world's morning of Leonard Cohen. Yeah, and, and, but but I will say this: to back to to Dave Chappelle. I kind of um, get that. Like I feel like Dave Chappelle had kind of not really been in the um, national consciousness to in in a while, at least to the degree that he once was, but. Just one episode of SNL, I think, reminded everyone of how important his comedy is, and particularly, uh, you know, what he closed the monologue with. I will say the actual moment, though, of that show that I thought was the like biting satire that everybody kind of like recoiled at was actually the Chappelle Chris Rock sketch. Yeah, when they were reviewing the election results. Yeah, and they weren't surprised, but all the white people were realizing, and it was like, oh, that's the satire that I would that that we kind of. That was that was like very <laughs> that was hard to watch. Sobering. So here's yeah. here's yeah, sobering, uh, how Dave ended uh, his monologue. A few weeks ago, I went to the White House for a party. It was the first time I'd been there in many years, and and it was very exciting. And BET had sponsored the party, so everyone there was was black, <laughs> and it was beautiful. I walked through the gates. You know, I'm from Washington, so I saw the bus stop, or the corner where the bus stop used to be, where I used to catch the bus to school and dream about nights like tonight. It was a really, really beautiful night. And at the end of the night, everyone went into the West Wing of the White House, 
and it was a huge party. And everybody in there was black except for Bradley Cooper for some reason. (laughs) And on the walls were pictures of all the presidents of the past. Now, I'm not sure if this is true, but to my knowledge, the first black person that was officially invited to the White House was Frederick Douglass. They stopped him at the gates. Abraham Lincoln had to walk out himself and escort Frederick Douglass into the White House. And it didn't happen again, as far as I know, until Roosevelt was president. When Roosevelt was president, he had a black guy over and got so much flack from the media that he literally said, I will never have a in this house again. I thought about that and I looked at that room and I saw all those black faces in Bradley. (laughs) And I saw... (laughs) And I saw how happy everybody was. These people who had been historically disenfranchised. And it made me feel hopeful. And it made me feel proud to be an American. And it made me very happy about the prospects of our country. So, in that spirit, I'm wishing Donald Trump luck. And I'm going to give him a chance. And we, the historically disenfranchised, demand that he give us one too. Thank you very much. He really is like the George Carlin of comedy, isn't he? Like how that could be funny, yet the most poignant yeah. that ever. Yeah. I was. He amazed. covered everything. Everything. I mean, it was an incredibly but, long opener. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was like 12 But he minutes, did it with yeah. such, no, very few people I know could segue from police brutality to Harambe with mm-hmm. comedic ease. Yeah. yeah. And his like stand-up style, he like lets it breathe. Uh-huh. There's like a lot of silence. Like it was just, even though you had to have been terrified, it was just confident and poised and really thoughtful. Mm-hmm. There, there are few comedians who, within the course of literally seconds, can mm-hmm. have people in like, comp- like mouth open silence at the, at the weight of what he says and then laughing out loud just seconds later and then have it back to this heavy silence. He is, you know, arguably one of the, if not the most talented comedian of, of his generation. And, and yeah. that monologue showed it. In case you missed it, big news this week. Big news. The Duck Dynasty era is officially coming to an end. I'm shocked. I assumed wow. it was automatically we're going to get four more years. <laughs> really? Oh. 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 You felt like that's kind of what people wow, were voting for. Eddie. Yeah, like that's... It was a shoo-in. They win. Uh, they just announced that the current season of Duck Dynasty will be the last. Over the course of the last five years and 11 seasons, reality show became the most watched nonfiction series in the history of cable and spawned its own merchandise market, which included Christian books, devotionals, com- camouflage Bibles, clothes. I mean, like literally um, a whole entire section, Walmarts entire, were dedicated to Duck Dynasty. The entire Walmart, <laughs> the entire sections, <laughs> entire sections for real. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's like, okay, I got electronic, I got tires, uh, I got groceries. Oh, there's the Duck Dynasty section. I was looking for some Sal branded uh, Crocs. Okay, here they are. Here they are. Christianity was a big part of the show, but the family patriarch, uh, Phil Robertson, was also known for making controversial and inflammatory remarks that ended up getting him suspended from the show at one point. Yeah. Uh, members of the family have also become increasingly political. Willie and Corey Robertson attended the 2014 State of the Union address and really spoke at this year's Republican National Convention. Um, The final episode airs in April.
My mom has a Sal bobblehead, and when you walk by, it says quippy things that he said on the show. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Where it's like is prominently it in our home? placed on, you know when you walk into someone's house, and on the entryway, there's maybe like a coat rack or like a nice- yeah, a little table or something. Yes, yeah. on that table. <laughs> on that table. Yeah, wow. so guests are greeted God. by Sal. So right in the foyer, where <laughs> yes. people are removing their coats, like they have Sal from Duck Dynasty in bobblehead form saying quippy things to them. Yeah, it is your first is impression. Is it like motion detected? Yeah. Oh, Does okay. she think it's funny? Yes, it's replaced. It will be replaced soon by a Santa who sings Jingle Bell Rock and like moves his hips. Yeah, I'm dying. But, <laughs> I am dying. Yeah. So you basically are your mom, I, is yeah. what we're hearing. Are you surprised? <laughs> I am dying. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's what a terrible thing. All right, well, that'll do it for... In case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Boy, we hate you, way. In the smog of the media, the logs, false narratives of guys that came up against the odds. We're not just rappers with the bars. It's kismet that we're cosmic with the stars. You bastards overlooking street art, better yet street smart, but you keep us on the chart. Some of your numbers and your statisticians. Y'all know about true competition It's like the A.O. picture on there talking about he hitting The only one who's hitting are the ones that's currently spitting We got to Missy Smitten rubbing on a little kitten Dreaming up a world that's equal for women with no division Boy, I tell you that's vision Like Tony Romo when he hitting with it You're listening to It's Hard Call Quest The song is Goodness Best The song is We The People Notice we're playing the verse, not necessarily the hook. Because mm. without the context of the full song, if you only heard the hook, people would be like, excuse me? What? So <laughs> we played the verse. Go listen to the whole song because it's great. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Kishibashi with Can't Let Go, Juno. Kishibashi, the most important band of 2016, <laughs> according to Aaron. Probably the most important band of the uh, decade. I, I had thought uh, uh, I had thought Nature Box sponsored us. I thought Kishibashi mm, was something they were. A new granola mix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Blue Apron, actually. That was my latest recipe. It was like Kishibox. Blue Apron. Yeah. Whatever they are. Kishibashi. Mmm, Kishibashi. <laughs> Delicious. Couscous with yeah. Kishibashi. Uh, <laughs> and roasted Brussels sprouts mm. and quinoa sour. <laughs> With a hint of rosemary. <laughs> All right, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I have an uplifting Thanksgiving themed news story that this is the kind of story just America needs more of. So, a 17 year old in Arizona, his name was Jamal, uh, was, uh, you know, just kind of doing his thing and he, and he saw his phone start getting text uh, messages. And he realized that he was on a thread of people that he didn't know. Uh, so he texted back one of the numbers and asked who it was because the person uh, was inviting him to come to a Thanksgiving dinner. So the woman texts back. She said, it's your grandmother. <laughs> um, so Jamal thought that was strange because uh, he didn't recognize the number and it, it just wasn't adding up. So he asked the woman to send him a picture of herself. <laughs> to confirm that the woman was actually his grandmother. Uh, so the woman sent him a picture. She's smiling, and it's definitely not uh, uh, his grandmother. Um, and so uh, uh, he he texted back with a crying emoji, emoji, and you know says, "You look, there's a mix up here. Uh, you're not my grandmother." And he jokingly responded, "Can I still get that plate though?" 
question mark. Uh, that's when the story took a, a happy a happy twist. I love that guy. Yeah. Can I still get that plate though? Yeah. I love that. I love that reply. Yeah, because you still got a uh, lovely when, dinner on the way, so you can't want to wreck yeah, your I mean, chances. He's, he's, he, you know, he thought, okay, it's just, they, they invited me to Thanksgiving dinner. Obviously, it's a mix-up. I'm just going to have a little fun with it. Right. Her reply though was this. Of course you can. That what, That's what grandmas do. Feed everyone. Oh, and she included a cake emoji. Uh, so he was so moved by this that he uploaded the conversation, like screenshots to Twitter, and three hundred thousand people liked his tweet. Wow. Um, That's awesome. So the 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 story ended up going viral. Uh, there was one little mishap in in it. He forgot to blur out the woman's phone number oh, when no. he uh, the, oh, the, the, the fake yikes. grandmother. Oh no, she's a real so grandma. She it's got, not his grandma. She, yeah, yeah, she's a real grandma. She ended up getting over 600 texts asking if other people could come to her Thanksgiving dinner. Like, um, I guess so, grandmas don't uh, feed she everyone. Had to change, she, she ended up having to change her phone number, but uh, her family uh, was interviewed uh, by a local newspaper there in Arizona where this happened, and they wanted uh, uh, to clear there and say, listen, we have no hard feelings about you know the phone number getting shared. We've actually uh, are welcoming Jamal and his entire family to our Thanksgiving uh, dinner this year. Um, and so two families are going to come together whom have never met and have a I big Thanksgiving that. feast together because <laughs> of a mistaken text thread. This is the kind of story America needs to hear. I love oh, the internet. Oh, that's a really sweet story. That's awesome. Yeah. On, I, it, a similar thing happened to me this week. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Like uh, not an aspect of this story. So yesterday I was, I had jury duty. And so I, and it was like a last minute thing. Like I didn't realize until the night before, cause I had gotten the summons like six months ago and I put it in a drawer mm-hmm. and I was paying bills on Wednesday night at like midnight and I was pulling out oh, my good. stuff in my important drawer and there was a jury summons and it was for the next day, which was you? yesterday. No, they didn't call me. Oh. So it was like, uh, like I have to report at 7am to the courthouse or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm there and I'm finally there and I, and I go and I, on Instagram stories, <laughs> I took a picture of the juror summons or you know, a little video of it, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, my days, your days gonna be better than mine, you know, whatever, right? I like. And then day. all of a sudden, yeah, I didn't mind the the uh, like I'm at the courthouse and we lose cell reception, so I don't have it again for like another hour, like on a break. And all of a sudden, I look, I had 63 messages on Instagram because what? I had posted my address. Oh, it was the thing had no. my address on it. And so all these people <gasps> were like joking, like I'm gonna come over for your oh, parties, I'm gonna come funny. TP your house, oh. I'm gonna. Yeah. Oh, so, no. <laughs> yeah. So my home address was broadcast to whoever's following me on Instagram yesterday. Funny. Wow. So, things, you know, those and you missed Waffle themselves. Day. That's rough, dude. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I will say um, we put out Chandler's phone number. That's true. We did. And four in the morning. To be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody still has it, feel free to tweet it. Yeah, true. And we'll, we'll retweet it like yeah. crazy. So yeah, Jamal's grandmother's coming over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> that really was a sweet Thanksgiving story. That like warmed my heart. I love that, especially because the the the, the teenager J- Jamal was you know just having some fun with it. Like he wasn't being like mean spirited, but you know his reply. I don't think he was actually assuming he was going to get that meal though. You know, right. like he's he was just, just messing funny. around. Just like yeah. him. 
Have I told you, like, you know, I have a pretty um, easy to guess email address. And <laughs> over the years, I've shared like that. I've gotten some random correspondence like oh, Eddie at Eddie.com. <laughs> right. Like the homeowner. There's a homeowner <laughs> association in South Florida that sends me all of the minutes of their meetings. And I've told them in no uncertain terms like, hey, this is not who you think it is like whatever. Yet I get the meeting minutes. And now I respond. I'm like, I, <laughs> I don't think you should clear out that tree. Like, I don't think you should. <laughs> I don't think you should repaint the entryway. Like, I just I'm like, what else am I doing? So last week I started to get emails for um, it's corporate emails from Burger King in Africa. So Ooh. the African like corporate uh -huh. center of Burger King yeah. and they are asking about different locations that they're opening hiring and firing this manager. I mean like full correspondence and I my first email back is always my name is Eddie. I live in the United States. I am not who you think this is. This is the email <laughs> that you mistakenly whatever. And they're always like, sorry. And then later on that day, of course, it's just like, so uh, when we're doing a grand opening, should we have this and this? And then I just start to reply. It's so fun. <laughs> like you're like speaking in. Oh, we're going to change the course of Burger King in Africa. That's the dream. <laughs> I'm on, I'm on a threat. <laughs> yeah. Hence your Ethiopian bandana. <laughs> right. I, I'm clearly ready for this. I, I'm on a thread with some guys I went to college with and w a few years ago we were like planning a trip together and someone had like m put in an email address that wasn't mine, but that was close to mine. It was in fact another Jesse Carey and uh, he's just started corresponding with us and we started corresponding with him. Occasionally we would ask the other Jesse Carey his opinion about things they do on the <laughs> trip and he was, he was contributing. So I appreciate yeah. that, Jesse, if you're listening. I have a friend Who's whose a name is Taylor Swift. He's a guy, and he's oh. older than the Taylor Swift, he, but he was the original Taylor Swift at gmail.com. No way. Yeah, what? and he gets, I mean, anything under the sun that you would imagine. Oh, poor Fan guy. mail. You <laughs> need to just go by, like, Tay-Tay or something. It's, like, <laughs> you just change it up. Yeah, I don't know if any of you have suggestions of what Tay-Tay should go by. That's terrible. Yeah. All right, well, do you guys have big Thanksgiving plans, speaking of Thanksgiving? Just big family things, or yeah, no? just like normal family stuff. I'm actually like happy about that. Just normal this year. My mom texted me a, a few days ago and said, "Hey, I don't feel like cooking. I'm just gonna go to a restaurant. So, you know, what restaurant do y'all want to go to?" And I was like, "Okay, forget this. We are <laughs> making memories for my child, and I ain't gonna be like at the Shoney's. You know what I mean?" Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm hosting Thanksgiving at my house. Captain D's. Awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't cook, so I ordered everything from restaurants. But you, you know, it's great. Yeah. It, yeah, so we'll pick it up. I mean, I That's was, the one thing I was it, planning on doing half of it, but you know, no, you weren't. Yeah. Um, Dude, I love can, cooking. Are you kidding? Can, can I? I'm not kidding. Are you kidding? No, he no, really does. Wow. Yeah. Hold on. So he's Ladies. single. He's handsome. <laughs> last he's year for Thanksgiving, a dirty and he cooks. Yeah. Last year for Thanksgiving, he cooked some steaks, but my mom is really picky, and she sent it back. Oh <laughs> no! It was, it was too rare. She, she went in there and microwaved it. They were really she stared him dead in the yeah. eye and microwaved it as yeah. as she was punching the Chandler, buttons. Chandler, I'm sure it was really wow. good. No, I'm it was so great. sorry. She just doesn't like you know. We usually cater things. dinner at my house for Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's nice. Well, my family all so I my dad has been married five times. My mom has been married Sweet. a couple others by design. Was that the hope going in? Yeah, I think that was the dream. Yeah, but what's cool is that they all so for Thanksgiving and Christmas <laughs> we, we just skipped right. Mouth we, is we on kinda, the floor right now. I only could make a joke because if we get into it, it's like way, it's way, not way weird. It's just it's just life. It, <laughs> is a little bit <laughs> five times is like <laughs> I mean, it's like um rod stewart it's, it's cool. just like rod stewart 
That's how you get through the day. Here's the cool thing is that everyone gets along. And so on Thanksgiving and Christmas, we all go to my dad's house and my sister's mom is there, which is my dad's first wife. My mom is there with me and my sister. No way. And his present wife, Phaedra, who's awesome, is there. Adra? Phaedra. Adra? Adra. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It there is silent. Jesse's Yeah, I was going to go just, somewhere totally different with this, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit just, this great. on the sidelines. You so nonchalantly opened so up Eddie's such it, a joke. So, so Eddie's, uh, it's all I've ever known. Wildly personal questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how do I even? Or we just go past it. Like we just keep talking. Yeah. Anyhow, Phaedra. <laughs> let, 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 let me well, let me ask you this: how, do, the, how, do you guys think that this will be across America the most? There will be more awkward silences and <laughs> passive aggressive comments said around Thanksgiving tables than any Thanksgiving dinner in a generation because of the political season. Oh, like, for do, sure. do you think this will be? There will be more like, well, fine, just just pass the potatoes. Like, just get, I, get I actually potatoes. have a little hope for it. I think it's so known that it's so jarring for everyone yeah. that it's like I would have been nervous had it been pre-election because yeah. everybody's still fighting for it. But at this point, I think everyone has. I think it's just so incredibly painful for some and not for others that I kind of feel like there's been an increased level of, I, I hope there's a little bit increased level of sensitivity to the fact that it's just still too soon. In 2008, uh, uh, my family and I were visiting a friend's uh, Christmas party uh, and a mutual family friend. And my mom and I were in the kitchen screaming at each other about politics and ruined the party for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't talk for a year after that. And then now we as a family have agreed that there's certain no things politics. that we won't talk about and politics go. is among them. Thank and you. so my mom, after this election, started texting me and I reminded her of our rule. Yeah. And so Thanksgiving will be we fine. Go. How's and Phaedra going to do with this? <laughs> we do great. She caters from Ethos Vegan Kitchen. Oh, Ethos is one of the great um, restaurants. It's awesome. Oh, love it. Vegan <laughs> Thanksgiving? Oh, that's that. That's not. Yeah, I am. I am thankful for not having to take part in that. I want to be. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, like like the, the Strang family has passed around a list of acceptable topics, and number one this year is undercooked meats, and it has and it has parentheses Chandler underlined. <laughs> number number two number two on the list is Salmonella, and it also says Chandler next to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot of meat temperature talk. Thanks. To I, I have a feeling this year's Thanksgiving will bring up a lot of Chandler's dating life conversation. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Do they listen to the show? They could no. My yeah. dad does every oh, once yeah, in a yeah, while because he tries to stay in touch, mm -hmm. but my mom's yeah. never heard it. But yeah, I just texted. <laughs> I just actually texted Phaedra. She, I asked her if I could get a plate, and she said yes. <laughs> Phaedra's job is to she, said, her, she said, "Who dis?" <laughs> <laughs> New phone. <laughs> All right, uh, what do you have, Eddie? Wow. That was really something. I, I, I literally. <laughs> so sorry, I had no you don't idea. Need to, you don't need to be sorry. <laughs> I just don't know. I guess is that the next spinoff podcast that I just get to ask her about her family for a while? <laughs> yeah. I, Eddie, I, let me just say this: I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, you've heard me on this show. I think Chelsea, that was remarkable self-control. Chelsea and the stepmoms would be Chelsea a band I would go see, like at Epcot Thank Center. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do. I'm gonna kick my parents out while the sun's still up. You know, like <laughs> I would, like we'll do a lunchish thing. Yeah. Okay, y'all. It's resolved before dinner time. No, but that's it. You serve pie by four. A, yeah. They're gonna be out and there then by five. at night. Yeah. I want to have like a friendsgiving dessert thing. Yes. Where everybody does pies and stuff and have right. friends over. I'll be there. There, 
I mean JD. JD, JD, I was shocked. I literally was like so excited for a second. Like, hi, that's what gets him to finally if come you over. Have Kevin Max at a party. I am not showing up. Kevin okay. Max or just you? That's the okay. only two parties right. I'll show up to. Yeah. You come over. We'll have some pie and watch David Blaine specials on DVR. Just, but no one else can. Be no there. one else. That can be sounds there. like the greatest pie and David Blaine specials. It should be its own holiday. Like, don't even put it on Thanksgiving. Find find it at like a low time of the year. And like, it's pie, David Blaine. Day. <laughs> that could be just Christmas Day. Like, like, like in May. We're like, we haven't had a holiday in a oh, while. Oh, it's Pi Day. Yeah. Three point three fourteen, March fourteenth. Yeah, it is. That's a real Pi Day. Three point one four one five nine Pi. Oh, mm-hmm. the day before my birthday. See, I'm always yeah. so focused on the next day being my birthday. Yeah, I, I, I never realized you got a that pregame pie with pies. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Pie Day. Yeah, cool. David Blaine and Pi. Okay, <laughs> sounds. God, you you just binge all of his specials, including those terrible endurance challenges, which is just watching him in an ice cube for like six straight hours. But it's a national holiday, so everyone's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're eating pie. You're eating pie while you're watching him, so it's not that big a deal. <laughs> okay, so uh, yearly, the Oxford Dictionary releases the new words of the English language, and I actually a few of these lists come out. Webster's is always a little bit. Like uh, goofy, mm-hmm. like uh, they yeah. do. Like they're the just trying real... to stay relevant. They, they made care. an emoji are... last year, right? Right. That's right. Yeah. They but have no. Oxford... Webster's has no credibility anymore. <laughs> Oxford is le- very like legit. Like this is going to be a part of the lexicon. Now, what's interesting is some of these are very relevant and culturally yeah. now, but they, I, I think they're going to stick. So I'm going to burn through them pretty quickly because there's ten of them. Um, the first one I have a hard time pronouncing, so I'll just start with it. I think it's huga, um, which is like the it means the quality of coziness and comfortable uh, conviviality that engenders a feeling of contentment or well-being. Apparently, this is not a word that's made it to America yet, but it's just something oh. like uh, it's like Zen. Like I'm just feeling like okay. comfortable. So apparently, okay. it's some sort of like social so media. It so it's like the end of David Blaine Day. Is it Hugga? Like it's a spelled H Y G G E, but it's pronounced. They said it rhymes with sugar. <laughs> Can we just go to the next one? This was the one I was least interested in. Um, so the next one is Brexiteer, which you can imagine yeah, a yeah. person who is in favor of the UK withdrawing from the European Union. Uh, Latinx, L-A-T-I-N-X, which is a per- person of Latin American origin or descent, but a gender neutral version. So you know how in mm. Spanish things are end with like there's gender specific. So uh-huh. they're trying to do gender neutral uh, endings to words. So and they're calling that there's like a new uh, new suffixes being added that are gender neutral called Latinx, which is interesting. Um, Colrophobia. Anybody want to guess what that might be? C O U L R O phobia. So it's, the, it's the fear, fear of something. Of, fear of cauliflower. Colrophobia. <laughs> I, I, I really hope it's the fear of cauliflower. It is. Re- you're really close. It is the fear of clowns. Oh. Which, of course. Wait, that wasn't already a, a phrase be, it's before? It's been around for a couple of years, uh, like from like Stephen King's It is mentioned. But uh, this year, there have been some actually serious and not at all funny reports yeah. of clown sightings and terrible things happening that it has. They're luring children into the woods for real. Yeah, that's right. I can't so, believe that that's a thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's like super awful, and and it's got to feed them cauliflower, when <laughs> and they make them eat the worst cauliflower. Part of it all, just the worst. It's the worst. If the you, next, like, if you do not have like some kind of ranch dip, then don't even go <laughs> near a cauliflower because. But what about a cooked cauliflower? Why do they put that in the medley? 
Like the vegetable medley. What? The cooked cauliflower. I like it. It's you would all, really it's, hate Thanksgiving the, at my house. It's the honeydew melon of the vegetable world. It is. It's the filler. It's, the it's, filler. it's when you buy it's when you buy one of those tubs of fruit salad and you get past the four strawberries mm. and two pineapples right. and you're honeydew. like, dude, I got nothing but weird green melon yeah. in it's here. A, I think you gotta have I think you gotta have a little downspace every once in a while. It's a it's the ballad on the album between the hits. It's exactly got to right. breathe a little right. bit. It's and track five. The, cal- the cauliflower is track mm. five of the vegetable medley. Fine. Okay. Vegetable Still necessary. Cuts. Still necessary. My, 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 my theory is if, if ranch dip did not exist, we would just, uh, we would just remove <laughs> So you're, you're saying cauliflower <laughs> exists solely to let the green beans shine. <laughs> Exactly. Well, you look. I mean, if you got a veggie platter, you gotta, you, you, you know, it can't be. You gotta have some, you know, some fillers there. I, yeah. Think of it like this: because if Even, everything's wonderful, you forget how wonderful it is. So right. you got to throw yeah. some cauliflower to the mix, so everything else is so much better. Right. Yeah. Uh, you can think I understand of it, that. Even the best podcast, right, <laughs> yeah. with the most engaging personalities, needs to have an Eddie. You need to have someone <laughs> sitting there snickering and turning up and down the volume. That's me. Right. That, and saying that's dirty me. beanie. Didn't add anything. Didn't make it funnier. Some just filthy beanie in there. <laughs> just pull, just turning knobs. You got to hit record. So you're saying the cauliflower is the filthy beanie of the vegetable platter. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine with that. It seems right. it seems like a perfect analogy. Uh, adulting, adulting, the practice of behaving in a way characteristic of a responsible adult. So yeah. people will use this like Kelsey's online. adulting right now. She has a job. Right? Yeah, right. Stability. <laughs> there are a couple of funny tweets here that have been, you know, one said, "I just had gummy bears for dinner." Hashtag adulting. So that's kind of how you would use that's it. About right. Chatbot, yeah. a computer program designed to simulate conversation with human users. So there's been a lot of chat bots and things on Twitter. Um, a few that are really, really well. The other one is woke. <laughs> yeah. Um, an informal Grateful. alert to injustice in society, especially racism. So woke. And uh, the last three are very pertinent. Uh, the first is glass cliff used with reference to situation in which a woman or a member of a minority group ascends to a leadership position in challenging circumstances where the risk of failure is high. So you can either hit the glass ceiling, the glass cliff, or you can shatter the glass ceiling. The second to last one is alt-right, an mm. ideological group and associated with extreme conservatism. I think we've heard a lot about alt-right. So that's right. a, it's a word now? It yeah. is a word now, alt-right. Yeah. Huh. I, oh, I hear right. it. I mean, in like... I it's, maybe maybe just for or, or the things that I, I read and and listen to, but I, I th- for the last few weeks I've I think I've heard that term almost daily. Yeah, and no, the, I mean I know it as a word, but I didn't think that it was like I mean it's a hyphenation of two words. Yeah. So I mean it's like right, but it's be- yes, it that's has right. become its own movement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so the final V word of the year is post truth. Uh-huh. Anybody know what the word post truth means? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's basically what happened during the debates. It was things wow. that were incorrect but stated as truth, and they just weren't right. and weren't right. So, like Obama founding ISIS, like you yeah, just say that just, enough, it becomes truth, but it's not yeah. actually a thing that is grounded in truth. So, can post-truth. I just say this about post truth too? Yeah, if there is a Charles Barkley like NBA player in needing of a nickname that plays down on the block, post truth <laughs> is a great <laughs> nickname for like a power forward. That's, that's, that's true. actually a great point. I have no follow-up joke. It's a great joke. I killed that one. Continue, Eddie. You did. <laughs> no. No, that's the end of my slice. I stand that's by right. it. I just feel like you really, thanks, you really thanks set me up to fail there, Eddie. No. <laughs> no. 
That's even <laughs> Obama. If, it, if you hadn't led into that with Obama, ISIS, and really taken the room down, people would have loved Barkley being called post-truth. Post-truth. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, I mean, Paul Pierce was called the truth. The truth. Because exactly. every time, exactly. he was just the truth. But, but, mm-hmm. it, but, but Eddie, it, it was a, like the show. Here's the thing, Eddie. It was like the Chappelle thing. You took the room down and you, with Obama founding ISIS, but I couldn't bring that back up. I, You know, yeah, I'm not I'm not a Chappelle. So anyway, Ernie, if Ernie Johnson was on this podcast, he'd be rolling right now. It's a smart joke and a basketball. <laughs> His bow tie would be spinning. Basketball <laughs> fans would have excitement. Got. Yeah. I hope you don't edit a second of that quiet silence. <laughs> after. I, I need people to and know. I hope you don't edit a, a minute of my defense either, Chandler. Yeah. I'm, I'm, getting, keep... I'm listening to this to make sure that people hear what really transpired. Not Eddie's post-truth version of it. Yeah, that's right. No, you're, the post-truth version would be like, hey, great way to wrap up the segment, Jesse. I loved it. Jesse really knows how to wrap up the segment. Hilarious. Jesse is the best wrapper-upper of segments that have, has ever existed. Yeah. That's post-truth. Okay. What do you have, Chelsea? This is actually a great segment, I think, talking about alt-right and post-truth segway segway great segway i'm sorry does it have any does it have any good basketball jokes in it because if not i'm just going to sit it out eddie already ruined me (laughs) yeah uh i don't know maybe take a break on this one uh i have some bad news for fake news websites this week um both google and facebook have been facing criticisms for allowing fake news sites to use their ad space because uh while the existence of fake news isn't anything new um, these sites became more or less of an epidemic be- in this last election cycle. In the post-truth uh, election cycle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the biggest problem that we've seen with these types of sites existing is that the content publishers of these fake news sites receive money for clicks. So people oh. weren't necessarily putting up these websites to dog the candidate that they liked the least, but people were catching on to this trend and just creating the most clickbait-worthy headline to receive money from clicks. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So BuzzFeed even reported that... Ironically. Ironically yeah. reported that 100 of these websites were being created out of Macedonia. So it's not just people in America who are trying to sway people left uh, or right. Classic Macedonia. Classic Macedonia. <laughs> Macedonia would be the name for a good power forward. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Get it, Jesse? Because it's a Macedonia. Yes. Like, like he's a mass down on the block. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think if you made a real joke there. I can't yeah, tell. No. <laughs> whatever it was, no, whatever it was Eddie, was butchered. Was butchered, and you get nothing but silence from I me. I took a thin, terrible reference and made it into a basketball <laughs> joke. <laughs> Bringing us back. Uh, at the beginning of the week, both Google and Facebook announced that they would no longer be allowing fake news sites to use their ad selling services. Uh, which is a great step in the right direction. But beyond limiting the reach of these fake news sites, a lot of people thought companies like Google and Facebook should work towards explicitly labeling fake news sites as Hmm. counterfeit. So Google acted quickly, and now they've already created a downloadable extension for Google Chrome that will label news sites that offer fake stories as news as counterfeit. So I already downloaded the extension and it's really cool. And I went to a pretty well-known fake news. CNN. I went to CNN.com. <laughs> the lamestream media. <laughs> and, you, and, the, and it doesn't work. How do they differentiate between fake and like, how does the onion not get counterfeit? Well, yeah. so that is, that is categorized as That's satirical yeah. news yeah. Okay. versus something like Breitbart, which is what I went to is it has no distinction. There's nothing clever about it it's just 
alt-right media of but art. but but Breitbart isn't technically fake news though, right? I mean, That's, they they they're news from a you know hard spun perspective, but I don't I don't think they're they're publishing false news like just made up news. They stories, can though. be so some of their articles can just be a strong opinion coming from their perspective and then they could also have articles that are influenced by things that eddie was referencing about post-truths that aren't necessarily seeped in any kind of right it said counterfeit or fake is it did did the google filter so hit it? if you download the google chrome app there's a little banner that will pop up if you visit that website and it says the information on the site might be false or misleading. Might be. Might wow. be. So some is correct and so some it's, is wrong. it's letting you know that if you visit a site like this, sure, there could just be something that is so heavily opinionated in a certain camp or it could be a story that is coming from a post-truth that has never really had any validity to it whatsoever. Wow. Well, the, the, the challenging thing is, and the, the, that's why the, the Breitbart example is so interesting, is because there are sites that are legitimately just fake news. Like mm-hmm. the ones coming out, of, like Breitbart isn't, you know, a Macedonian uh, you know, right, 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 right. Website that just, just pub that's purely, literally just yeah. publishing fictional headlines. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there are websites that just write like, "Oh, six people got murdered at this event," where it's just an event that never happened. You know, I think uh, an organization like Breitbart is why, even with these filters, it would be so hard to stop like quote unquote fake news because there are sites that will combine uh, you know legitimate news, but the perspective that they bring it from is so one-sided that it might not tell all of the story and i don't know if there's any technical way to fix that you know i feel like that's the underlying problem is right. that you you can't stop people from spinning stories spinning yeah. you know that's like true. They, that it, it ultimately comes down to like this will get the low-hanging fruit you know this will get stuff that is just clickbait farms and people just cranking out you know 50 fake blog posts a day but it, we're coming into an era uh, where internet uh, media consumers are going to have to get a, a, a lot, uh, honestly, a lot smarter and are going to have yeah. to double source every story because you because there's a lot of real media organizations out there right now that won't do that, that'll pull from one source. And if that one source has a bias, it, it, it can trickle into every other source. So it's going to end up coming down to the user, not the platform, to make sure that you're reading from multiple sources to understand the full scope of stories. Right. Fake news would be my basketball player name. Mm-hmm. D, wow, C, it just doesn't even make sense. I think I think alt right should be your best moment. <laughs> so, so are you saying he's a left-handed player? He's like yeah. a left-handed point guard. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, it's alt right. Watch yeah. it. You break be, your ankles. I'd be Brexit. So I just play, but I just speak in a British accent. Yeah, there you go. All right, well that'll do it for slices. Stay see, tuned. See how it just ruins it, Jesse. Up next, Young the Giant joins us. <laughs> now you found. And you start to orbit It could be love I think you're too soon to call us so When and where did we go cold? I thought I had you on hold And every time I let you leave I always saw you coming back to me When and where did we go cold? I thought I had you on hold I thought I had you on home. I thought I had you on home. 
listening to The XX. The song is On Hold. Great new track by The XX. Dig The XX. Yeah, great band. Oh, they're on SNL this week. Oh, yeah? Really? Chris, yeah, XX and Kristen Wiig. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, what a good show. Can't wait. This week's feature interview is brought to you by Zip Recruiter. If you're hiring and you're wanting to know where the right spot is to post your job opening to find the best candidates, you need to check out ZipRecruiter. Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality people. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the job sites, and now you can. Oh, ZipRecruiter already has 9 million resumes you can search through in their database. You can add multiple people to your account, make it most efficient for your team to find the best hire. And with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Wow. ZipRecruiter is basically a search engine for finding and posting jobs. So you can, uh, you can find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in. ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. You can quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the person fast. If you have any issues, ZipRecruiter's friendly and human support staff is ready to help. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses so far. and It's been featured on Forbes, Time, New York Times, TechCrunch, CBS, and more. All Z- real news. Sites. Yeah, none of those would be labeled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. And right now, relevant podcast listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com. And jo- I remember job searching and like doing resumes like many years ago. And none of this existed. It was like so hard. Yeah. It was like a job for a job. You were just all day yeah. just searching for a way to kind of get a resume in front of someone. This seems like such a yeah. clever it's a hub. I like it. I like that's it. a really <laughs> good idea. There you go. Well, Young the Giants latest album has launched hits like America with a K. We've played on the show here. Something to believe in. We've played on the show here. And Titus was born. Huh? We've played on the show here and has garnered critical acclaim for its intricate arrangements and catchy indie rock stylings. Home of the Strange explores big ideas centered on the immigrant experience in America, which they know because all of the band members come from immigrant mm. families. Oh, interesting. Yep. Uh, with lyrics about identity, modern American culture, and social issues. We featured them in the new issue of Relevant, and we wanted to bring part of that conversation here on the show today. Here is Young the Giant. Flash, baby. Tell us about Young the Giant. I mean, how did y'all get together? Um, well, we got together in uh, Southern California, in Irvine. But um, we've kind of had stories from all over the place. You know, I was um, I was born in Michigan, but my you know my parents immigrated here. Um, you know, as Indians, obviously they were born and raised in India. Moved to Michigan. My dad worked for you know. Ford and Chrysler and stuff in the 90s and you know like we consider ourselves all of us you know we're, we have similar stories you know where parents came here for a great opportunity or we you know like Jake and Francois both they're um, 
you know, Francois is a, is a French Canadian and Jake is British and they're not even American citizens. Oh, really? Um, but, you know, we've all, we all have our, our relationship here in America now that we, I think our identity is, is somewhere in between. Um, but, you know, I think where we came from is like just such a great melting pot for diversity and just, you know, even though, even though like it's a, it was a suburb and there's kind of really not much to do, um, I think we delighted in the fact that we were able to like be around so many different cultures and people and and just understanding and I think that's where you know maybe not consciously but I think you know our music um, we drew a lot from the local music scene but I think we all brought a little bit of our flair into it I, I wouldn't want to say it's like you know actually off of our sleeves you know conscious like this is ethnic music but you know it, it just kind of subconscious like your taste and what you grew up sure. on you know I grew up on Pink Floyd and the Beatles but also you know I heard Bollywood music and heard some Indian classical and 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 how that affected rock and roll in the 60s and 70s and you know Francois has a, has a very strong French bass and you know Jake's British and Eric's Italian and Pine's Persian so everyone brings these little things um, in their stories to the table um and that's that's kind of how we joined, man. We just mm. like there wasn't like I said, there wasn't much to do in Irvine, <laughs> um, but we met each other at a very young age. Like I met Priam when I was like ten years old. Oh gosh! Um, and we all like started picking up instruments separately from one another. But you know, there was a big, a strong local music scene, and um, I think we wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, so we were we were really influenced at the time when we first started by the Strokes and um, a mm. local band called The Color, um, mm. who just like done these insane live shows or so different than anything we really heard um, coming out of our area because you know our area was known for Thrice and Rage Against the Machine. So especially in the early 2000s, it was really big. It just blossomed from there. I don't think we ever intended it to to get to the level that it has now. <laughs> What does it look like for Young the Giant to make music? What do you have a process that's uh, pretty consistent, or what goes into that for y'all? Yeah, it's you know it's um, a pretty continuous, full-on process. Um, like the first two albums, you know, we lived together um, mm. for you know literally lived houses together, and um, which was great. And that, but this record, I think, um, you know, we finally we are all living separately from one another. Um, but we live, you know, still like less than a mile from each of our own places. So there's always a studio that was around. And even when we were traveling, when we first started, um, you know, writing again, actually the first song, uh, the third song that we've released off of this new album, Titus, mm-hmm. is, it was the first song that we wrote. And it was just kind of on the road and it's, it's a continuous learning process and we, we've written like 40 songs 50 songs for the album wow. and you know some songs had like many different versions and you know I think we just like when we were in the studio it just kind of becomes our life and we're just 
you know, in it together and we love it, you know, it's, it's just like what we live for. In your mind, are y'all, I mean, this is your third, your third full album. Um, are y'all settling in? You think you'll hit like 10, 20 albums or how do you feel about the trajectory of Young the Giant? Well, you know, I was saying like that, you know, we, we still live so close to each other and I think especially now, like even when the album's done, we, we continue to write together and we realize it's a really important thing to keep all of our sanity, you know, it's a cathartic thing. Um, but, you know, it, and we're still young, so... Yeah, I'm only I'm only 26, and some of the guys are also of that age. So I think I think we have a lot of good years ahead of us, and so we're we're going to keep going. And you know, we're also you know I'll keep options open, but for now, you know, Young the Giant is, is like all of our main thing. That was Young the Giant. Make sure to check out their new album, Home of the Strange, and check out the feature on them in the new issue of Relevant. Yeah. Stay tuned. Up next, Brian McLaren. I'm good at basketball. Mm. If you were Daddy, like, Daddy, if you're, stop. if you were like, if you're, if your like hobby was like um, knitting or sewing, yeah, totally. Like your basketball name would be sewn. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the song is Conrad. I like that track. Brian McLaren is an author and theologian known for asking big questions and proposing thought-provoking and at times controversial ideas about God, the Bible, and how to apply it to modern culture. We recently spoke with Brian about his latest book, The Great Spiritual Migration, and why the current generation of millennial Christians may not actually be leaving the church. They may be changing how it looks. Here is part of Jesse Carey's conversation with Brian McLaren. Is our understanding of the gospel terribly, terribly faulty when it is seen primarily as a message of self-preservation? Maybe all along the gospel was actually a call to us uh, to move beyond uh, selfish concerns. Um, maybe what repentance means is to repent from only being worried about your own individual well-being. 
So uh, that, that question is one we have to address. I personally think the core of the gospel is not, here's how to go to heaven when you die and avoid hell, but here's how to join God in God's kingdom coming and God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Since for Jesus, the gospel is defined as the kingdom of God is in heaven. Now I know for a lot of people, that phrase means you can go to heaven when you die, but I don't think that's what Jesus meant by it. Putting that aside, and we can talk more about that if you want, but putting that aside, um, I do think a lot of us uh, come to faith uh, because of personal need, whether it's fear of hell or a need for deliverance from addiction or a need for community or whatever. We, we come out of a sense of need. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, once we our needs are met, then we uh, face the, the, the question, are we actually going to become followers of Christ? And if we're, we're interested in really becoming followers or disciples uh, or students of Jesus, then His way is a way of concern for others, not, not self-interest only. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's so interesting and important because it does, well, once you start reframing the person of Jesus... You know, yeah. it it it, yeah. it it totally reframes how you think about your own life and the gospel. Exactly right, and and I remember what happened to me. I was I had been a pastor for over a decade, uh, and I was uh, at this point a pastor in my late thirties. And I remember one conversation where I realized for Jesus. The gospel is not, here's how to go to heaven when you die. For Jesus, the gospel is, the kingdom of God is at hand. I had no idea what that meant. Mm. (laughs) And I I remember leaving that conversation thinking, I'm a pastor and I'm about to rethink the whole essence of what the gospel is. And I went back and literally over the next several months, I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and just tried to kind of go back to the beginning and, and, and learn uh, in fresh ways. Thankfully, you know, this is way back in the 90s when I was grappling with this. Now, there are so many Christian writers from uh, N.T. Wright to uh, Lisa Sharon Harper to uh, many others who are, are raising these questions and, and helping people. And what becomes very exciting to me is to think about what a new generation of Christians uh, will do when instead of being taught a kind of evacuation plan gospel, you know, here's how to go to heaven, and instead uh, they're taught from the beginning a transformation plan gospel. Here's what God is doing to bring healing to the earth, and here's how we can be part of it. Part of what I feel like happens during this shift is, you know, and, and this is, again, something kind of alluded to in the books and a lot of other things you've written is, you know, you know, no longer seeing Christianity as simply just a list of beliefs or rules. And yes. and sort of just playing devil's advocate here, mainly as someone who's grown up in, you know, evangelical culture, that raises sort of this ingrained internal warning that this idea of doctrine must be protected, you know. Yes. Um, so for, for, for someone that wants to make this type of shift, you know, what role does doctrine play and how should we think about, 
establishing core principles that are inflexible in, in light of still wanting to think about the gospel in a new way. Yes. Well, first, let me say, I grew up in a extremely conservative evangelical background. You could even call it fundamentalist. And so I understand the fear that people have when I... Uh, when they'll have when they read uh, the first three chapters of uh, of this book, uh, and I didn't say these things just to stir them up uh, or upset them. I said them because I really think they're true, uh, uh, and I think that the problem becomes clear when you imagine rewriting certain things Jesus said. For example, if Jesus had said, "By their correct doctrine, you shall know them." we'd be okay. (laughs) But he didn't. He said, by their fruit, you shall know them. Or if Paul had said, the only thing that matters is correct doctrine expressing itself in correct behavior, we'd be fine. But Paul didn't say that. He said, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. So, uh, uh, so I'm certainly not against doctrine, but I think we have gotten ourselves, we painted ourselves into a corner where a certain kind of uh, system of beliefs has, again, given us a shortcut uh, to a kind of uh, moral superiority and moral complacency that is very destructive. Um, and here would be a great example. By those traditional lists of doctrines, you could have a lot of people who are considered 100% orthodox because they have, for example, a doctrine of the inerrancy of Scripture or, uh, you know, the five points of Calvinism or whatever it is, but they're still a racist. They still treat women as inferior. They still are uh, uh, incredibly selfish. Uh, they put the interests of, uh, of their nation above uh, the needs of the orphan and the widow. And nobody ever raises a question because we define the rules of the game to be simply say the right statements. Now, for, for on a practical level, someone who has been raised, you know, probably, you know, in similar ways yeah. as you or I, that, you know, they have this ingrained in them when they're yeah. if they want to read the Bible in this fresh context. What what are like the practical ways that they can do that and, and free themselves yeah. from from if they yeah. want to say, yeah. I want to take that filter off and put a new one on practically? What does that look like when you read the Bible? Well, here's the irony, Jesse. Uh, I grew up memorizing Bible verses from before I could read. Uh, And I I became a Pharisee of the Pharisees, you might say, in understanding the particular system of beliefs that I was raised with. I, I was raised with dispensationalism, and then later, as a young teenager, I was introduced to Pentecostalism, and I was later introduced to Calvinism, and I absorbed all of those theories, uh, all of those systems, and I learned how to defend them with, you know, great zeal. Um, But when I was a pastor, I started noticing how much of the Bible didn't fit 
in very well with those systems. And I realized that there were huge parts of the Bible I just had to ignore, or even in a verse, I could pay attention to one sentence, but I would have to, uh, or one phrase, but I'd have to ignore uh, another phrase. And uh, and this made me uncomfortable, and I, I, I created uh, a certain uh, 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 suspicion in me that the Bible had more going on than any of my particular systems could accommodate. Um, and so, uh, what, what I would say for people who want to get a fresh perspective, uh, a great way to start is by is trying to read the Bible with a little bit more innocence and a little bit more critical thinking. Hmm. Um, in other words, to, to read a text and say, not what have I been trained to look for in this text, but... What are things that are there that I've been trained to ignore? Let me try to see it afresh. Let me yeah. try to see it with both innocent and critical eyes. Well, well, one of the things, too, and, and again, it's mentioned in the book, is reframing even the character of God. Because, you know, part of what, again, a lot of people have been taught that God is angry and a lot of times we see him in the bible he's violent and it's only because jesus advocates for us that we aren't subjected to that same anger and judgment you know what, what does reframing the character of god look like for for someone making the spiritual migration yes well this is one of the most important questions because uh, if our only choice in, uh, in today's world is a choice between a violent Christian understanding of God or a violent Muslim understanding of God or a violent Jewish understanding of God, uh, in some ways, you know, the, the differences in details are overwhelmed by the similarity in violence. <laughs> uh, and um, But what's so fascinating for me is when we ask questions about God and violence, and then we go back and look at Jesus, both his life and his teaching, and especially the meaning of his death, suddenly we realize that Jesus brings us better news than ever. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and we realize that, Je that what Jesus reveals to us is uh, a God who would rather suffer torture than torture others, uh, a God who is willing uh, to give God's own life uh, uh, rather than uh, take lives in revenge. Um, and, and so what I think this does is it makes us love and honor and respect Jesus more than ever before. And when we say that uh, Christ is the image of the invisible God, quoting Paul in Colossians, then we say, oh, Jesus images the true heart and character of God, which is gracious and forgiving and welcoming the prodigal son home, so to speak. Uh, it's a very, and, and inviting all the wrong people to the table. <laughs> hmm. uh, you know, this really gives us a different vision of God. Unfortunately, what a lot of our theology has done is we've reinterpreted Jesus so that he fits into old traditional, uh, conventional ideas of God, 
when I think Jesus is actually doing something far more powerful, he's revolutionizing our understanding of the heart and character of God. That was Brian McLaren. Make sure to check out his latest book, The Great Spiritual Migration. It's out now. Never listening to Relevant again until next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Here's the deal. I'm not listening to Relevant till after Thanksgiving. That's yeah. it. Yeah, my your agenda has been pushed far enough. <laughs> I'm listen to people I like because they're just really upset about Young the Giant still. Young the Giant. <laughs> that post truth joke just didn't get enough yeah. attention. Yeah. <laughs> Post truth joke was underappreciated. I am done. Why is XX not called 20? to Gunger. Dude, this song is amazing. The song is free. It's featuring my buddy William Matthews and it's a deep track on their new album uh, Body and it's it's like they go straight gospel. It's great. It's phenomenal. Love it. Gunger. Always surprising. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week's editorial question of the week. We got talking about the new Adobe software which can replicate your voice. Uh, it's not out yet. They're working on it. And it's they're doing it for like podcasters and broadcasters where you can type things and it what? will adjust the audio files and it will be in your voice. And it's freaky. And we got thinking about the prank possibilities that this will open <laughs> up. So we asked you, I mean, not just about audio pranks, you know, because you can have Arnold Schwarzenegger right. call and say whatever you want because <laughs> you can type it. Um, but uh, it got us thinking about just pranks in general. Jesse's known for having quite the illustrious uh, prank mm-hmm. history in college. I have, be- I have a beautiful mind when it comes to pranks. <laughs> <laughs> I just see, really I see them playing out in my head like, wow. like precognition, uh, you know? It's pretty pre-con- special. So we wanted to know from you guys what, what your best pranks were, Clever. whether it's pranks that you've done, have been done to you, or just ideas for the future. So you guys hit us up on uh, Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and you also posted your ideas at the uh, podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites. David had a one that is just spectacular. It's using the Adobe software, which, as Cameron explained, will replicate your voice exactly. Like You can type it, and it'll create a, a, an audio version of that. So here's what, um, here's what David wanted to do. After you get a, a sufficient amount of audio from an unknowing friend that you can use in the software, call them using their own voice to tell them something like, quick, I don't have time to explain, but this is you from the future. <laughs> Terrible things have happened, but you can change that now if you follow these exact instructions. And proceed to tell them a very embarrassing, oddly specific task to do. <laughs> Hilarity ensues. David, that is brilliant. That is great. That's awesome. like you're, you're on my level. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. That's a big, just from <laughs> I one do, thing. I do. I, hey, that, I, I congratulate him. That was very good. And I want him to actually do it and tell us about it. That means he has to sign up for Adobe Creative Suite in 2017. And you, yeah. know, you just oh. obligated him to several hundred dollars a mm. month. But, you know. Well, this, that's how good this prank is. Um, <laughs> Addison, Addison had one that's a bit more lo-fi. Uh, yeah. This one doesn't require a subscription to Adobe Creative Suite. Um, it all requires just some old shoes and Pringles cans. Here's how it works. Uh, some friends of hers at college, their idea was to make it look like people were using the stalls all day long so that uh, whenever someone needed to use the bathroom, they couldn't because they were being <laughs> occupied. They used uh, uh, old pair of shoes and Pringle cans to stuff them. And then, uh, uh, I guess, like pulled socks up, but scrunched pants all the way down to the ankles, locked it from the inside and crawled out. Uh, uh, so it, it worked for 48 straight hours. No one no one moved the <laughs> shoes and just, uh, you know, I guess uh, uh, suspected someone was having some, some real trouble that day. So they, they had gotten, they, they, they had eaten dinner at Chandler's house and eaten some, uh, some of his, his, under, <laughs> his undercooked meat. Undercooked steak. Yeah. Uh, Abby Abby Bispo, who I'm going to use Abby's full name because I need to distance myself from this oh, immediately, um, wrote, best prank, I once had a boss that was blind with an incredible sense of humor. Okay. Abby put in quotes. And I hid multiple talking watches all around her office. I set alarms to go off all day in different at different times. It took her days to find them all. She thought it was funny. P.S. Not sure if there was a correlation, but I was laid off when we made sweeping budget cuts. <laughs> so hilarious <laughs> joke. Sorry about your yeah, job. Hilarious. Abby. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, we're eliminating your position, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you. It's layoffs. It's not you. It's uh, just layoffs. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not you. I mean, the economy. I mean, market change. Yeah. You just clear. No, no, no. I here. thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. It had nothing to do with that. But yeah, seriously, anyhow, you need to get out here right Back up your desk. <laughs> yeah. Um, Adam said <laughs> that in his senior year of high school, he spray painted the numbers one, two, and four on three chickens and let them loose on campus. <gasps> oh, the administration, awesome. the administration spent two days <laughs> looking for number three. Uh, that is number three's on loose. We haven't found him yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Gosh, that is such so a great... So it's not just the chickens being yeah. round it's up. Next level. It's, it's next level. It's next There's a missing wow. chicken. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. We don't declare winners often. Oh my gosh. But that's really that's awesome. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! I that like to really think that, that Adam woke up in the middle of the night with that idea and immediately <laughs> and procured those chickens. Oh my I god. actually oh. think that with that level of brilliance, it may have been some sort of like personal devotional time. See, I would, have, like, <gasps> I would have just done, I, have, I would have I thought that the chickens being loose was hilarious enough. Let I would have thought, oh, putting a number on them because like they're racing, you know, the, <laughs> that I could have seen that. But the idea that you put a missing number, I mean, that is That's just... Genius. Yeah, that's as good as it gets. Yeah, wow. it's like it's like when they say if how how to like prevent someone who's like good at picking locks, you know, mm. like if, yeah. if you have like three locks on your door yeah. and they're picking them from the outside, leave one unlocked, and they'll never be able to get in because they keep picking all the you know they keep accidentally locking mm. one. It's the same principle. Mm. It's 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 next level. It's a criminal mind at work, is what it is. That's brilliant. <laughs> I never even would have thought of that. Yes. That's, yeah. There's Great. more feedback. Uh, you should join in, and I I think you all should be inspired and Absolutely. try these, and they should spread around <laughs> the country. Yeah, a movement like an alt right type movement. Yeah, mm. a Brexit type movement of pranking. Yeah, is is the next generation <laughs> totally social statement. Um, okay, 
Uh, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Well, earlier we were talking about Thanksgiving. I mean, Chelsea has 17 of them. <laughs> uh, Chandler yeah. tries to poison his family. <laughs> by, this year, I'm very excited about, by the way, I'm very excited about my pomegranate glazed Brussels and sweet potato with bacon. Side mm. dish. That's a basketball mm. player name, too. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, Jesse? Yeah, sweet, Eddie, pota- Eddie, sweet potato so bacon. Over that joke. You, you, you took something that a high-minded, sports-oriented audience would you took love. Something beautiful and, and you, you destroyed it. it. You, you ruined it. Destroyed it. I'm, I'm also excited about my autumn faro salad with warm apple cider dressing. Oh, I'm gonna have, and uh, it's good. Nice. And doing special honey butter for mm. the rolls. Honey butter, huh, Jess? Honey butter. That'd be a nickname. Hey, now. Honey butter actually is kind of sweet. Yeah. But he has to be like, he has to be like a really smooth player. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sweet and smooth. Honey butter. Honey butter. Or just a real, like a, like, like a big baseball player, John Cruck type, like a real big guy. Yeah. Like Old Brian. Big but life at the party, he's always big got country a smile on his face. You remember Big Country? He played yeah. for the, he played for the Grizzlies. Okay. Yeah. And he looked like a human grizzly bear. Perfect. Well, he's That's, from Oklahoma. Honey yeah. butter. That's right. He, 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 honey he butter. wasn't jovial enough. He, this guy has to be happy all the time. Right. This has to be Big the smile. Winnie the Pooh of sports. Yeah. <laughs> I'm think, so, so, so it couldn't be like a Bill Winnington even. Like he's too lumberjacky. Right. No, no, no. Okay. We haven't met Honey what Butter What about Big yet. Baby yeah. Davis? Honey Butter. <laughs> That's perfect. Big Baby Davis. Big Baby Davis is Honey it's Butter. Honey Butter. Yeah, that's totally. a great one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's not the question of the week. The question of the week is we want to know. That's we got... how you make the joke, Jesse. Well done. <laughs> see? Now Thank you can you. see like that was actually funny. You did a great job. <laughs> we, 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 uh, it got us thinking about Thanksgiving uh, memories and, and Thanksgiving traditions and whatnot. So we want to know your weirdest or craziest Thanksgiving stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit us up on the relevant podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and also you can tweet us at relevant podcast uh, we'll read our favorites next week but this should be good because everybody's yeah has to have some everybody's weird family's weird everybody's yeah, family's weird nobody just has a Norman Rockwell kind of situation no mm-hmm. yeah. even yeah. then you can tell there's a little passive aggressive around the table oh yeah, yeah. There's, exactly. yeah. yeah. there's that's what we want to hear you yeah. know <laughs> really just let it out give us all the dirt give us all the dirt specific like mother-in-law names yeah do everything you gotta do <laughs> Uh, thanks to our show sponsors for making this episode possible. Remember, you can get your year subscription today to Video Blocks and Audio Blocks for only 149 bucks if you go to videoblocks.com slash relevant. Also, thanks to ZipRecruiter. Right now, Relevant Podcast listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. Uh, thanks also to our guests for joining us. Young the Giants' new album is called Home of the Strange, and it's out now, and you can check out their feature on them in the current issue of Relevant. Um, also, thanks to Brian McLaren. His book, The Great Spiritual Migration, is out now as well. Hey, if you're online, head over to iTunes. And uh, if you like the show, leave a review. If you don't like the show, don't. <laughs> but if you like the show, leave a review. It helps us, uh, helps people find the show. Yeah. And uh, also head over to relevantmagazine.com and subscribe now to the magazine. We're working on uh, a great uh, January issue. Oh, yeah. It's about to go to the printer. Uh, the cover story is one of our Mount Rushmore cover stories. We're mm-hmm. Not literally a story about Mount Rushmore, <laughs> but one of those like... A figurehead. Like, like a, a per, one of those people that we've wanted to talk to f- for a very, very long time finally happened, and it was better than we had hoped. I'm um, thrilled. And they're coming out on the cover of the next I'm issue. looking at it right now, and I'm so excited. It's pretty, it's yeah. pretty awesome. So yeah, go subscribe now. It's pretty good deals. And if you're looking for uh, good uh, Christmas gift ideas, uh, we're, we're running some pretty cool uh, gift specials as well of giving relevant subscriptions over the next few weeks. So go check that out. 
On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Post Truth Coffolds. I'm Chelsea Steele. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. Isn't that neat how he just kind of adopted the nickname? <laughs> no problem. Post Truth. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? None of it's you, real. It wasn't funny. I didn't laugh because he's I know how been to play basketball or something. Over and over again. So, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> a, a funny throwaway one liner. Ruined. Ruined. Wizard Khalif Holtz. Yeah. <laughs> you make one little mistake. It wasn't a mistake. That's right. the thing. It was funny to a basketball <laughs> audience. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even know who Bill Winnington was, did you, Eddie? He played for the Bulls and he looked like a lumberjack. So that's why it's funny. I'm done explaining it to you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Clothes on the floor, but the bed's on the ceiling. Post-Truth is a great nickname.